thank you for being a part of our online church. If you have any questions, comments, testimonies, or prayer needs, don't hesitate to add us on Facebook at First Assembly Meridian or add us on Instagram and Twitter at fam underscore Meridian. If you would like more information about service times, small groups, or anything else, please head over to our website at www.firstassemblymeridian.com. We pray this message will encourage you and challenge you to be all that God has created for you to be. I, uh, I, want, I, want, to, uh, I want to challenge you today to, uh, to open your heart to all that God has for you and, uh, and to just, just set yourself in a place where you can be ready to respond to God and his leading and, and his purpose for your life because you know he's got a purpose for all of us he has a plan for our lives he's got a purpose for every one of us and uh, and and uh, and there is a uh, there is a job for us to do a great big huge job for us to do you, you see a rubble pile in front of us uh, today that that are a little bit it's 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 supposed to be a little representative of the walls of Jerusalem when they were in a state of disrepair. And, uh, and you see uh, a, a partially uh, put-together gate over there. And, and, uh, and, and for those of you that haven't been here in recent weeks, I want to just kind of bring you up to speed real quick on where we are. We've been looking into the book of Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah was a man that God raised up in a great time of need uh, when, when Jerusalem was, uh, was literally laying in waste. Their enemies had come in many years before, and they had attacked the city. They had broken down the walls. They had burned the gates of the city, and they had carried many of the people of Israel or, or Jerusalem away into captivity. And, uh, and so because of that, the people of Israel, uh, the, the Jewish people, they were suffering with shame and disgrace. The, the walls of their city was, were broken down. And the city of Jerusalem was known to be the city of God. And the people of Israel, the Jewish people, were known to be the people of God. And when someone saw that city that represented them in that state of disrepair, it made them realize uh, how they had failed their God because the reason all that happened was because God's judgment came upon them because they refused to uphold the standards and the statutes of God's Word. God had said, if you will, if you will then I will. If you will... Hearken unto my word. If you will keep my ways, if you will do that which is right before me and before man, I will bless you. If not, well, then, then the problems are going to come. And they were experiencing the problems. They had, they had for a number of years, experienced the problems of God. And God, in his appointed time, spoke to a man named Nehemiah and said, It is time. I want you to go. He put it on his heart to go back to Jerusalem, to stir the people up and to encourage the people and lead the people in a repair of the walls of the city and then repairing and rebuilding the gates of the city. Nehemiah went, he got there, he, he surveyed the damage. He looked to see what was really going on. He, he, uh, he was a little bit secret about it. He was careful because he knew that there were going to be enemies uh, against the work. How many of you know there are always adversaries, always going to be adversity of some kind, but there's always going to be an enemy that's going to rise up and 
criticize the work or try to stop the work. And, you know, as children of God, we know there is a devil that, you know, look, if we believe in heaven, we've got to believe in hell. If we believe in Jesus, we've got to believe in the devil because it's the same book that tells us all about all of that. Amen? And, and that same book that recognizes our Lord and our Savior says that there is a thief that comes to steal, kill, and to destroy, and he is roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. There is an adversary, and the Bible says that he is a liar. The truth is not in him. He is the accuser of the brethren. Well, when we look into the book of Nehemiah, we find that there were three guys that were, that were, um, that were talked about early on. One of them was named Sanballat, the other Tobiah, and another one named Geshem. And they were the enemies of the work that Nehemiah was sent to accomplish. They did not like the idea of the Jewish people doing well. They didn't want to see good things happening on their behalf. And so, so they, they were there to bring uh, discord. Now, they, they, how many of you know that if the people of God don't let it happen, the devil can't stop the work? Come on. If the people of God do not allow it to happen, the devil can't stop the work. And so, so these guys, they, they, uh, they had a mind to work. When Nehemiah cast the vision to all of the people, their response was absolutely, let's rise up and build. Let's do this thing. Let's repair the walls of our city. And I, I, I am forever uh, amazed at the, at the response of the people because, look, I, I've been pastoring for more than 30 years now, and, and I have never had as many people as were there working on that wall that I've had the responsibility to lead. But I will tell you this, in a room like this, getting everybody together on the same page, going in the same direction, trying to accomplish the same vision, the same goal, the same dream, the same, follow the same God. I'm telling you, sometimes it's hard keeping all of God's people focused in the right direction. Now, I'm not being condescending, but it's kind of like herding cats sometimes. And, and, and so I am ever, forever amazed at Nehemiah and the anointing that was upon Nehemiah because what, what would happen in, in a lot of today's churches, the, the, um, the, the, the shape of the wall would take all kinds of different uh, directions. It would, it would have looked all kinds of different ways, but, but they, they followed the plan. They heard God. They said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to follow the man of God. We're going we're to follow the word of God. We're going to be the people of God, and we're going to accomplish the work that we have been called to do. And so the work is going. The Bible says that the, the wall was built up very quickly to about halfway, and the enemy started roaring. The enemy started, you know, they, they, they started uh, complaining. The, the rebuilding is well underway, and, and then the enemies began to plot. They began to plot attack. They began to plan for confusion to come among the people. And, you know, people have their limits, right? I mean, people get to the end of themselves sometimes. In the middle of the work, uh, uh, people can get tired. I had somebody tell me one time, you know what, Pastor? I, 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 I was tired after a message. Somebody said, well, if you'd just be anointed when you preach, you wouldn't get tired. I'm like, come here, let me throat punch you. No, no, no. I, with an anointing. Amen. Yeah. No, I, I didn't really say that. I didn't say that. I promise. I didn't say that. Take that off TV, brother. I don't know. No. Oh, wh what I thought was, well, you have never preached under the anointing. 
you have never really, truly labored for the Lord because I want to tell you some of the hardest stuff that you can do is to genuinely be laboring for the Lord, to be working for God. Because, because I, I will just tell you, it is, uh, it is wearing and it is tiresome, so, tiring sometimes because our bodies have their limits. But, but God gives us strength. He gives us the ability to continue. He helps us to, to make it on through. And what was happening in this day and this time, the people were weary. They'd, they'd gotten to a point where they were weary, but they were also worried about their enemies. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you, you can take a little bit of weariness and a little bit of worry and mix those things together, and it becomes huge. And, and the leaders of the people, I, I don't know, the, the leaders of the people were always all together in, but they came to Nehemiah, and they, they were basically saying, look, the people are weary, they're tired, they're stressed. Uh, you know, they, 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 it, they added to the, to, to the work all of the things that, that were going on. The enemies uh, uh, were out there. The leaders were worried, but Nehemiah was confident. Well, I want to tell you, we need some people that will be leaders that will be confident in the Lord. We need some people that will say, you know what, I know my God is able, and I am standing in His Word and, in, and trusting in Him. When I, people that would say things like, when I am weak, then I know he is strong. Amen? When I come to the end of myself, it's the beginning of him. Amen? When I don't know what else to do, I'm just going to hold on and trust God. I'm going on through. God is my source, and he is my strength, and he is my help in every time of need. God is, God is there. Well, Nehemiah responded to these folks, and in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 10, it says this, then Judah said this, The strength of the laborers is failing, and there's so much rubbish that we're not able to build a wall. Don't you just love it when somebody comes along and says, What you're doing you can't do? Come on. I mean, sometimes even good people will say, Oh, we can't even do what we're doing. And so that, that's what he was saying. He said, he said we, There's so much rubbish, we're not able to build a wall. And verse 11 says, And our adversary said they will neither know or see anything until we come into their midst and we kill them and cause the work to cease. And so it was when the Jews who dwelt near, uh, near them came that they told us ten times from whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. In other words, they're saying that the enemies will spring upon you and they'll cause problems. Then Nehemiah did this in verse 13. He said, Therefore I position men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings. And I set people according to their families, with their swords, their spears, and with their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome. Fight for your brethren, for your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. I want you to think for just a moment about this man that was a leader in a troublesome day, a man named Nehemiah that was willing to take a stand and be confident when other people weren't wanting to be confident. I'm telling you that I believe that there are still people like Nehemiah today that can say, you know what, I don't care which way the wind's blowing, I don't care how it feels, I know my God is able. My God is true to his word, and he will strengthen his people, and he will allow us to do what he has called us to do. Amen? Now, I told you we've got a facsimile of the wall. Not a, not a big one. If we made it too big, the platform might not could have hold, held it. Amen? 
and, uh, and some of the staff that, that brought it in and remodeled it and did whatever, it would have been a hard job on them. But wouldn't it be cool for this wall to be this high next week? The staff's like, I don't know about all that. <laughs> Amen. Well, what if we work on a gate over here? Now, see, there, there's a gate that is in process. There's a gate that is being built. It's in process right now. And, and every plank of this gate, we, we, we've, we've got, we've got some, some things that, that matter to us about this gate. You remember, around Jerusalem, there were 12 gates, and there were gates that represented things that were important to the people. I want you to get this because it's vitally important. You see, there was one gate that was called the Sheep Gate, and it was near the temple, and it was the place where the livestock went into the temple for the, for the daily sacrifice, the Sheep Gate. You get this, all right? There was the Old Gate. There was a gate that was called the Old Gate. Can you get that? I'm going I'm to meet you by the Old Gate, okay? Not the Sheep Gate, by the Old Gate, okay? I, I can just see it. You know what? Somebody tell me I'm going to meet you by the Sheep Gate. And I'd, make, I'd mess, mess it up. I'd be hanging out by the dung gate. And it means exactly what you think it means, all right? All right just get that. And these gates were broken down. They were burned. But they, they all had a reason. They all had a purpose. And so, so the planks of our gate are going to mean uh, different things for us. It's going to represent some, some, some importance, some things uh, re relative to to what I might or you might believe are the gates uh, of our city. Now, the first things you see up there, they come straight from that scripture that says, I want you to remember your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes, and fight for them. Everybody say, fight for them. Come on, fight for them. We need to keep in, in our mind that what we are called to do today is to stand fast for those folks that depend on us to be the people of truth to be the people of the Word, to be people of, 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 of biblical integrity, people that, that are willing to believe that God is who He says He is and is able to do what He says He can do. Now, I want to ask you a question. Who, is there someone here that knows how to handle a hammer? I'm just curious. Somebody. somebody. Brother Devon, come on up here. I want you to help me. I, I need somebody behind him, all right? I need somebody to come help him just in case, all right? Come on, come on. All right, y'all run now. Y'all run. All right. There, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a board over there that already has nails in it. I started them for you so I wouldn't hit your finger, okay? Go. You might not can see it, all right? Well, you volunteered, so that's just the way it's going to go, all right? You see, you see, what we've got to do is we've got to build our own gates, all right? I'm going to I, I just take one of those, and I want you to put it uh, on the side. It has to go on the side it's laid out by. Got to go over there. All right, you see how that's going, all right? There we are. Maybe I ought to help him. Look at this. Look, he knows how to handle a hammer. Yeah. That's all right. Give this man a good hand clap. Don't you hit my finger. All right. Yeah, he did good. Now, who's going to nail the other plank on the, on, the, uh, on the gate for me? Who's going to do that? Somebody. Surely somebody. Oh, come on now. Come on, somebody. Al, you want to help me out, buddy? Come on. Come on. I'll, I'll tell you what. There you go. Give Al a good hand clap. Here you go, Al. Right here. All right. We'll put that up there. Rear back on that thing. Hit it. Hit it, man. Hit it. There you go. Uh-oh, we missed. Hit it. Just hit it. There you go. There you go. 
There you go. Uh-oh, we're going to miss on this one. Well, yeah, we are. Yeah, how about that? Pull that one out. Here, give me that. Give me that. Okay. All right, now, how about that? There you go. Don't hit the preacher. That's good. All right. Give Al a good hand clap, all right? All right. Now, now the problem is I need some more help, okay? And, uh, and the thing is that really today we got better tools than they used to have. Come on. I need, I need a lady to come over here and help me out with this thing, all right? Come on. Yeah. Aha. Yeah. Can you believe that one of the Noel girls would jump up to, to help out with, with a nail gun? All right. All right, power tools. That's right. All right. Grab the gun. That's right. All right. You know how to point and click, right? Boom! Do the bottom. Push it in. There you go. All right. Ow! No, not really. All right. Now. There's actually some other boards over there that need to go up on the gate. And I want you to think about this for just a few moments, all right? When we look at the idea of family and, and integrity and morals, we think about our sons and our daughters and our wives and our homes. And, and I believe, guys, really, all of those are, are important planks in our gate. I, I believe that these are things that, that have been broken down in the life of the church, and they have been burned uh, before us. We have, we, have, we have given up in some ways uh, those things that identify us as, as the people of God. God has, has, uh, has, has brought us to a place, I think, guys, where I think that that we need to recognize the, the issues of our day. Now, I, I've got to say this, that I think leadership in a time of trouble is an important thing. I, I might say that because I'm the pastor, but I will say it because it's absolutely true and it's vital. And, uh, and, and, and not only is leadership important, but being able to follow a godly leader is absolutely imperative. One of the reasons that Jerusalem was able to, 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 or had gotten in the shape that it was in was because the people had failed to follow God and be true to in, 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 uh, in their lives before the Lord. And they got into a place individually where the Bible actually says in a number of places through the Old Testament, very early on actually, it says that every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And I know that that is in the heart of man because I see it even today. Every man doing that which is right in his own eyes. I don't know if you've ever heard this or not, but I've actually heard Christian people say things as foolish as, you know what, I don't really care what the Bible says, this is what I believe. And that is another example of people doing that which is right in their own eyes. And, and when they do that, they're literally tearing the planks off the, the gates of the city. And they're taking down those things that, that really ought to uh, identify who we are. And I'm telling you today, it is time for the church to begin to rise up and rebuild. So I believe that vision casting is absolutely essential.
I believe that, that when God speaks to a pastor, to a leader, to a man of God, and says this is what God is saying, I think it is not only essential for that vision to be cast, but I think it's imperative that the people embrace the vision of God and then run after that vision together. The, the people finally had a leader in Nehemiah, and they were willing to follow Nehemiah. And somebody, you know, as I was, I was thinking about this, I, I thought, well, you know what? Uh, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, you know, they'll probably say something silly like, well, I knew Nehemiah, and you, sir, know Nehemiah, you know. You know, I mean, if you've been around a while, you'll know that that's an old political kind of thing. I, I want you to hear this, that God has a call upon your life to lead those people that you have, uh, have influence and impact on, but he has called you to follow a leader. He's called you to find that place of service where you can fulfill your portion of the, of the rebuilding of the wall, if you will. And, and when we're talking about rebuilding the wall of the church, we're really talking about building the church or repairing the church. Because I think there's an amazing parallel between the walls uh, uh, that were destroyed in Nehemiah's time and the condition of God's church today. I think that there is a, a need to recognize the danger that is around us, the need and the danger. You know, and, and I don't believe there's ever been a more stark parallel between the old and the new as it is today, Israel and the church. And, and, and I can say that without, without fear. The Bible says that the Scripture was given to us as an example. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11, now all of these things happened. He's really talking about, at this point, talking about the people going through the wilderness. But the example there is, is just as true and just as valid. All of these things happened as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let he who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. Again, we live in a day where everybody thinks that, that, that they're going to stand, and, and, and they, they, whether they honor God or not. People have come to a place in their own imagination that they can write or rewrite the rules. And, and I, I'm telling you, and, and I'm using that loosely, I, I'm not saying that God is, it has given us a bunch of rules to live by, but he has given us standards and statutes that we ought to embrace. God's word is true. Somebody say amen. God's word is true. God's plan is, is, is available for all of us, and it's important that we come to a place in our own lives where we recognize that God is God and we're not God ourselves. Amen. <clears throat> Somebody help me. Help me preach this message just for a moment, all right? You know? All right. Thank you, sir. If y'all will do that every once in a while, I'll get you out of here so early, you'll be going, wow, I can't believe it. <laughs> if it's only him, we're going to stay longer. <laughs> See, that's one of those cheap tricks right there. I can get an amen anytime I want to. Do you love your mama? Amen. Yeah, yeah. I believe that we ought to come to a place where we have families that are willing to take their place. You remember the scripture that I just read to you when, when we began. Nehemiah said this in verse 13. He said, Then I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall. 
He set people in a place where, where they could, could guard the work, in other words. The work needs to be guarded. And, and, and a parallel for us is that, see, see, we're not building with stones and with wood. We're not building, we're building you and you and you. I, I had, uh, Terry and I had a young lady that, or, or a young couple that came to our church years and years ago. Uh, it's, it's not in this church. It was in our first full-time church back in the late 80s. This young lady came to our church, and, or, or the, this young family came to our church, and, and uh, the guy was suicidal. He, had, uh, he, he was right on the very edge of wanting to kill himself. One of my staff members met him, prayed him through. He gave his heart to the Lord, said, I want you to meet somebody, brought his wife and four children to the church. They all got saved, and God started blessing them. Come on, Owens. Yeah, go ahead and give the Lord praise. They were people that had had drug issues. They had had problems in their life of all kinds of, you, you know, I mean, just a lot of stuff going on in their life. And yet they came on Sunday morning, gave their heart to the Lord. They came back Sunday night. They were there Wednesday night. They were back again the next Sunday, Wednesday. I mean, everything we had at the church, they were there. God was moving in their heart. And Sam Ballot, Tobiah, and Geshem reared up. And these young people that were, had turned their life around, had brought their family back together, see, that's the wall we're building. The people of God that, that are giving their heart to the Lord, somebody gives their heart to the Lord, then they begin to be discipled, they begin to be encouraged in the Lord, they begin to find their place around the wall, if you will, they begin to find them, their, their place in the church. And, and they become someone then that can speak to others. That's how this thing works. That's how God established that. And if the enemy can stop somebody along the way before they fully develop or, or stop that person before they're able to, to progress, I, I'm telling you that he's one in that individual case. He's one in that instance. And there's no telling how many lives uh, might be damaged or miss heaven because one person uh, was taken out, out of the track. Now, think of all of the people that you and I have an impact on today. Well, in that particular case, Sam Ballot, Tobiah, and Geshem, if you will, began to launch uh, their accusations, and they began to, to do their shouting. They began to ridicule the work. And, and this young family that had been chasing after God, all they needed was an excuse. A anybody know what that's like? All they needed was an excuse. They came up missing, they came, and, and we went to them. And we, we were trying to find out what's going on. What, can we help you? Uh, can we pray for you? Uh, we, we will love you. We love the church. But we just can't go there because. Because somebody had lied to them. Somebody had cast a doubt in their heart and in their mind. And it was not two months before this family had split apart. The, they lost their children. And, uh, and, and the young lady actually moved in with four guys all at once. I'm like, what in the world? You know what? I don't believe it's her fault. I don't believe it's her husband's fault. I surely don't believe that it was the children's fault. I believe it was Sandballot, Tobiah, and Geshem's fault. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not picking on her. I'm not picking on her husband. I'm not picking on... I'm telling you that there is an accuser of the brethren that somebody needs to stand up against sometime. Come on. And the work has to be defended. And we're not defending the wall, we're defending the flesh. 
Come on, we can defend the, fle the flesh and the blood, the living and the breathing. We can stand up and we can say, wait just a minute, somebody doesn't lie to you. God loves you. Your church is for you. We're going to encourage you as best we can, and we're going to help you along the way. Somebody say amen. amen. I think that it's important that we come to a place where we find families that are willing to take their place uh, along the wall. Nehemiah said this. He said, I position men behind the lower parts uh, at the openings, and I set the people according to their families with their swords and with their spears and with their bows. I, I wonder if I have a family today that would volunteer. Just a family. Husband, wife, if you got a baby, that's so much the better. Come on, I need a family. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to give you a sword or a bow or a trial. Come on. Now, now look, somebody's going to say, that preacher's daughter, she just keep. All right. Now, who's going to work? Who's going to guard? <laughs> they, both, they both want to guard. All right. They both want to guard. All right, but here's the cool thing about this. The Bible does say that, that they came to a point in time where they held a weapon in one hand and they worked with the other hand. Now, I want you to think about that just for a moment. Though nobody's getting past these guys. Now, I, can you look at them. And that's, isn't that awesome? Nobody's going to get past those guys. You know, and, and, and not, not, look, the Bible says that he set them around the wall according to their families. I cannot, can I have another family? Just, I know there's got to be somebody besides the pastor's family that is willing to step up and work. Come on. Somebody that would say, you know what, I'll take my place at the wall. Come on. I see Andrew coming. Come on. I see Felix coming. Come on. All right, come on. I need one of those weapons. All right, sorry. Here, I'll give, I'll give you a weapon, baby. Yeah. All right, there you go. All right, now, now look, I want to ask, which one do you want? He prefers that one, all right. Yeah, I know which one you want, bro. I know that, all right. Y'all spread out around the wall. Okay, you're supposed to be... Uh, in the gaps of the wall to be sure that there's the, the place is guarded y'all need to move over a little bit more because if you swing that thing <laughs> Just say it now, I, I want you to get this though. I've already de declared that that there is a there is a danger out there There's an enemy out there and what we have to have are families that are planted around the wall in the midst of the work that are willing to defend the work and do the work at the same time. And I say, well, that's, that's what Nehemiah had, had established in the heart of the people. They were not only willing to fight, they were willing to work. I, I want you to get this, that we've been called to fight, we've been called to work, we've been called to declare, we've been called to, to defend. And so we, we defend what God is doing in our lives. And I want you to get this today. It's so vitally important that God find men and women that are willing to take their place around the wall. Because we live in a day and a time where, where today there are 4,000 churches a year that are closing. Across our nation, 4,000 churches a year are closing today. We are only planting about 1,000 churches a year when we're planting new churches. And so it's what, what's happening is we're coming up short. And we're coming up short in a day that I can't quite figure it out because the Word of God says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. We live in a day and a time where, where, where we have 3,500 people 
who are consciously leaving the church every day. In America, I'm just telling you that there are people that are saying, you know what, I'm done, I don't have to go to the church, I'm not interested in the church, and a lot of these are church folks. Now look, don't do like somebody did some time back. I, I told people uh, some months back, uh, actually a year or so back, I said, the stat says this, that the, 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 the average faithful church member only comes to church one time a month. And somebody said, oh, I am so glad to hear that. Like, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. No, no, I'm not giving excuses. I'm not giving passes. I'm telling you that we're living in a day where people are backing away from the truth of God's Word. I mean, in a wholesale fashion, and when we ought to be pressing in with all of our heart, soul, and mind. The Bible says, In the last day, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. I fear that He's going to be looking for somebody to pour it out on, and folks aren't going to be there. He's not going to find you in the bar. He's not going to find you in the movie house. He's not going to find you probably at the ball game. He can use you in all those places. But I'm telling you, he has called you together to worship him and to serve him and to find yourself in the family of God uh, building uh, together to accommodate his call and his plan for your life. You see, these guys, these guys are, are taking their stand. Uh, they might not have known what they were getting into. I said, Andrew just came so he could hold a sword. Yeah. But Andrew, I want you to get this, man. I mean, there's a study that has been done recently that said 80% of people between the age of 13 and 33 have decided that the church does not matter to them anymore. Guys, I want to tell you that our walls as a church are broken down and our gates have been burned and it is time for us to come to a place where we are willing to say, you know what, not on my watch. We're going to rebuild the gates and we're going to rebuild the walls and we're going to defend what God has called us uh, to defend. And it's going to start in our families. The challenge of the scripture was this. You remember your brethren. That means the people sitting out next to you, the people that are around you, your friends, those folks that are with you in church. You remember your brethren, but your, your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes. You remember them, and you be willing to fight for them. And I want us to say, you know what, in, in my family, my family is important to me. I, I hope you, your family is important to you. The very first place that you ought to be defending is your family. The very first place that you ought to be defending God and God's Word and God's standards and the statutes there, therein ought to be in your family. We, we live in a day and a time where family is now a throwaway commodity. People are just, just, they'll just walk away. When I am telling you that God hates divorce, He does not hate divorced people, He, he, he wants us to build families, not tear them down. There is an enemy of our soul that would set things in motion that, that would, uh, would cause destruction. But, but the family, let's get away from divorce for just a moment and let's imagine a mom and a dad, a son and a daughter within a home. So many times there's so much distraction that they're not, there's not any parenting going on. Uh, there's, we, we as a church sometimes have to consider things like how are we going to handle the kids if we have an event? We, we talk about things like that in staff meetings from time to time. You know, and, and somebody will naively raise their hand and say, well, let, let their mamas watch them. 
Yeah? This is what my mama did. In fact, it's what my children's mama did. Uh, but not only that, my children's mama had a daddy helping. Not her daddy, me. You, you see, what we've got to do is make up our mind that we're going to be responsible in our families first. And responsible for making sure that our children know right where we stand. And, and guys, let me say this, that because I said so does not work with your children. It did not work with mine, did it, Bobby? Because I say so, did, did that ever satisfy you? No, no. If I ever gave an answer like that, she'd go test it for herself. I was just telling you, because I said so, why? Her biggest question, why? Well, what do you mean by that? She could ask why a thousand different ways. How do you know? Oh, my goodness. That's why I don't have hair on the front of my head. Yeah. Your children need to hear you say the words. They need to hear you say the words. They need to hear simple things like, I love you. Your mama loves you. They need to hear you say things like, God loves you. Your church loves you. They need to hear you say things like, you need Jesus. Because I'm facing to take you. No, no. <laughs> they need to hear the truth of God's word come out of your mouth. But they also need to see the truth of God's word enacted in your life because if they don't see your actions matching your words, they're not going to believe a word that you say. And then they're going to back away themselves. You see, it's not enough for children to hear that church and spiritual matters are important. Parents have to show their children. See, our faith is lived before our kids in our families every day. They need to hear how Jesus changed your life. We, we don't need to be shy about letting our kids hear us pray. Your sons, man, let me just go ahead and tell you, your sons need to hear you pray. If you don't pray over anything but the meal, let me give you some, you know, they're, they're over in the other building. And if you would say, if you have ever said, I'm not a praying man, let me just scold you right now and say you need to get to praying. Okay, because if you know God, he wants to talk to you. That's what prayer is. If you are, are a little bit uneasy about praying out loud, think about this. Just say, thank you, Father, for what you've given us. Amen. If your children hear you say that, and by the way, if you say that, the next time you pray, you'll have something else to say. You will. Uh, you don't have to have these, these made-up, rhyming kind of prayers. But no matter what you do, you make sure your children hear you do it. Hear you pray. No matter how you pray. Because they will watch you. They'll see you do everything else. Come on. I had a man in one of my churches one time. I called on him to dismiss the church, the service in prayer. And his response floored me. I'll pass. He was scared to pray. I mean, he could have said something as simple as, bless us, Lord, amen. That's a prayer. And I'm not trying to make fun of anybody or anything. I'm just saying, 
if you're not living it and you're only saying it, you're not building the walls of your family. And your family is vitally important to the work of God today. Because we lose your children, church is gone. The church in America, the other parts of the world, I've not been called to pastor them. I've been called here. I'll close with this. In our grandparents' day, 80% of America went to church. In our parents' day, 40% of America went to church. And today, 20% of America goes to church. Now, I just happen to believe in revival. Not the kind of revival where a bunch of Christians just gather together and shout glory and, you know, have a good old time, although that's fun. I'm talking about the kind of revival that changes people's lives. And it's got to start in our homes. Now, we need revival. I've been criticized by Sandbell and Tobias and Geshem before. Yeah, y'all need revival. Yeah, we do. Not a bad thing. We need revival. Look at somebody close by and say, we need revival. And I won't believe we're in revival until we come to the day where we know for sure we've got families that are willing to take their place around the wall and be found involved in the work. Thank you for watching this week's message. We would like to invite you to be a part of FAMS ministry. God has given each of us so much, and it is not only our desire to give back, but to inspire others to do the same. To give online, head over to our website and press the giving button or text the amount to 601-621-4632. Again, if you have any questions or comments, check out our website or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.